ready. I'm ready. Hit me. Oh, this is driving me nuts. Yeah. Yeah, from Sarah, Sarah. Oh. Sarah, Sarah. What did I do? First of all, play the disclaimer right this second. It really is going to be that kind of day? Yes, and I think we need a lawsuit disclaimer, too. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. I just want to tell you you're a real asshole. I cannot believe that you would troll me on this show as a friend. I'm so mad. First of all, I believed that Rocco's, which by the way... Rocco's Modern Life? I couldn't remember. I actually searched for it yesterday. That's how much of a douche you are. (laughs) Only I couldn't remember that it was Rocco's. I thought it was Marco's Modern Life. That was not cool. Oh I had all God. these messages yesterday. So on, was it, it was yesterday, it was yesterday right? Okay. Yeah. So on yesterday's show, we started talking about, I don't know, we always watch, I'm watching a lot more TV than I ever did in my life, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I missed, for years, Sammy and I worked early, early morning radio shifts. And at least for me, I went to bed religiously at eight. I never watched TV unless I had to be up on highlights for like Dancing yeah. with the Stars. So now that we have more of a life, I watch TV. So now I'm that we always, have more of a life, you decided to not have a life. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now yeah. I watch TV. Okay. So we always trade like what shows we're watching. And yesterday on the podcast, Sammy, like in all seriousness, is like, oh, I'm watching this guy who uh, it's isn't. It's a documentary about this Australian guy. But first of all. And he may be from New Zealand, too. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. No, it, it doesn't exist. His name is Rocco. He Rocco's- has a best friend named Heifer. <laughs> His dog dude. name is Spunky, and it's about how he, you know, which, by the way, Rocco roams is through modern the modern, <laughs> how he roams through the modern world. Is it? It's a cartoon, and I don't appreciate because I, I thought for sure that it was a man who was living in the Australian outback who. You know, now had decided to. I never said. I said he was an Australian man. Okay. Right, but why the hell else would they be doing a documentary? I thought he was an Aborigine who had come out of the woods and now was living a modern life, and that was what it was going to be about. And you were, I had no idea it was a comedy. Sarah, that's a Tim Allen movie, and it's called Jungle to Jungle. Okay? No, this is a real. Look at how could you not think? Ro- I have never watched Marco's Rocco's Rocco. mo- Modern Life. Whatever. How have you never watched Rocco's Modern Life ever? 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 Is this like an eighty show or what? It's I'm a nineties cartoon. It's from like Nickelodeon. It was super final, popular. Final episode was November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six. I never saw it. What? I never saw. I, I don't think I ever had Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. But it was on Nickelodeon, Sarah, and at least everyone talked about it. How'd you not even like hear about I it? I don't know. Rocco's I, Modern Life. Because I lived under a rock. And I will tell you this, okay? It's a it's a serious show. When you watch it as an adult now, you realize there's a lot of innuendo that you never caught when you were younger. Really? Everyone has a dirty name, and there's one episode about one of the, there's a, they have like episodes about like coming out as being gay, but you didn't realize it because really? in the episode it's this guy that really likes to be a clown, but he has to hide being a clown from everyone around him because he's a serious boss in real life and he can't be this clown. No and way, goes, dude! And it's a real like they have all these crazy like stories and stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great documentary, Sarah. Okay, I need to watch, and it is not a documentary. 
And that's why I was searching last right. night, Marco's Modern World. Okay, which I, got, <laughs> modern I got another documentary for you. No, this one's I'm for not, serious, I'm not though. falling for no, it. No, this one's good. I saw, Sarah, I, will, I would not. I already lied to you yesterday, so you're not going to fall for the same trick today. Okay? I swear. All right. And this is actually, it's, it's a little bit newer. It's actually, it's a little, around the same time as Rocco's Modern Life. All right? Okay. Okay? And it's about these babies. Okay. Okay. There's four of them. Mm-hmm. Two are twins, right? Okay. No one can tell like which one is the male and which one mm-hmm. is the female. And then there's one that wears glasses with red hair. All right. Okay. His name is Chucky. Okay. He's really interesting. And then Tommy, right? He's the, like the leader of the pack. Okay. okay. What's this called? The show? Yeah. It's called Rugrats, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> and it's a great. It's another great documentary about these babies who are you know navigating I've through the world. I've seen Rugrats. Really? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Well, you should watch another great documentary. Sarah. I don't like cartoons anyhow. Really? How do you not like cartoons? I never have liked cartoons. I've never. Like Rick and Morty? You don't watch Rick no, and Morty? I've never watched uh, it. That's like a new cartoon. It's fantastic. I, I don't know why. Archer? I never got into The Simpsons. Nope. Never Bob liked Burgers? No. I never liked at King of the Hill. None of that. I'm not, I'm not a cartoon fan at all. But anyhow, thanks a lot. What a friend. Well, did you. Well, hold on. Did Dan <laughs> at least watch the documentary? No, no. Yesterday we watched um, the you know the conclusion of Jean Benet with Ramsey, which we I'm obsessed know, with. We already know what happens, Sarah. She dies. Uh, well, we didn't know that Burke allegedly did it. Now Burke is suing CBS for for putting out the documentary and alleging to the world that he murdered his sister. So I had to follow up on all that, and I had to go back and check the case. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm a modern-day Nancy Drew. A modern-day Nancy <laughs> Drew? Which one? The one on the one that, that just got fired from her TV job? I'm not going to—honestly, I, I know you'll laugh in my face at this, but I would not be surprised if someday in the future, as I'm older, I reinvent myself with, like, a Murder, She Wrote spinoff show. So you think you're going to be Angela Lansbury <laughs> yes. before she became a teacup, but after she was a hot young actress? Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. All right, Sarah. Welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah Frazier along with Sammy Kay. We are live from the D.C. Improv here in Washington, D.C. If you are just tuning in, a lot of people, new listeners this week. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, lots of emails that I've been receiving over the past couple of days. So a lot of people heard about the podcast or tuned in specifically for some of our discussions. Thank you. Uh, Sammy and I are both former radio personalities. We left the radio business. We were escorted out of the radio business about a year ago, mm-hmm. started a podcast, and uh, it's been off and running ever since. So we hope you're enjoying our kind of funny, inspiring, pop culture, make you think, sometimes uninformed podcast. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> well, you're already trying to hint back to two days ago? Oh, well, I admit, I'm not always informed. But I'm not speaking anymore. I'm okay, doing so my research. Outside of watching John Benet Ramsey, which you think is, what do you think was the biggest story that happened last night, Sarah? Well, for me, you know, look, I'm, there's there's two major stories. First of all, the protests that are happening. Okay, wrong. But keep going. And then my other big story was, um, you know, the, the riots that are happening, and of course, all that's that's going Those on. Those are that's real was... stories, Sarah. Oh, okay. okay now, well, in like... my world, Anthony Weiner basically trying to have sex with a fifteen-year-old is also a big story because I'm wondering. This is what I want to know, which I got to do more research mm-hmm. on. But is it a crime to try and have sex with a fifteen-year-old, or it doesn't become the crime until you physically have sex with a fifteen-year-old? Oh, I mean, Sarah, I'm not one to question that. That's not something that I. <laughs> but uh, what was the, so anyway, I'm those not one were... that Charlie tries that stuff. You okay, know what I mean? I'm not really one to sit there and be like, oh, well, like, I wonder, is it if I think about? No, I don't know, Sarah. I, don't, I know. I'm, so that was my big question. But I'm what? Pretty sure what's intent the biggest is, tree? I think intent is still going to get you in some trouble. Okay. 
I, I don't. I just wondered that. I'm like, because he alleges, you know, he had a flirtatious online relationship with his 15 year old, but they never met in person and they never had sex. He did want her to like dress up in a schoolgirl outfit so he could have a schoolgirl porn fantasy, which is, you know. Okay, but what if in Anthony Weiner's defense, he was just doing that because he really wanted to meet Chris Hansen? <laughs> Like, what I would if think he, that Anthony Weiner being married to Huma Abedin could have found other ways to meet Chris Hansen. But, you know, maybe he was like, I just don't want my wife to know, but I think Chris Hansen, kind of dreamy. And he, what do you think? And he was just doing an experiment to find yeah, out to like, how much it Chris would Hansen. take? Yeah. To get, oh, well, not an experiment. I think he was just, you know, it was a desperate plea of love, <laughs> a, desperate, a desperate love plea. I can't wait till Anthony Weiner is in the same cell right next to Jared from Subway. Oh, God. Okay, Sarah. Well, anyways, I think you're missing the point of the fact <laughs> that you missed happen? the biggest news story. What was it? You haven't heard about this. Daft Punk. What about them? The Weeknd. Okay. You haven't heard? Oh, they released a bomb last night. Is it a new song? It is fantastic. So this is a new song that they... Brand new by the weekend, and uh, Daft Punk is called Starboy. Like, I'm telling you, by the time you hear this podcast at 2 p.m., your feet will already be filled with this. Oh, I love this. Okay, well, this is a big story. You're right. Yeah, it's a pretty big story, Sarah. But, well, you were too, too, too busy dealing with wieners. <laughs> well, thankfully, you keep us up on the music. I'm a motherfucking star boy. It's my fucking jam. I have a question for you. Is this, like, the first song that Daft Punk has released in a while? In a, Sarah, they released the number one song of the year just, like, what, two, three years ago? Well, that's what I'm saying. How long ago was that? Sarah, they've been on like a world tour, Sarah. They literally just, I don't know. They've been touring the world and making new music like this. So, I what? guess. I mean, it's their first new release in a while. But they've had, like, that album's been out. So you think this song will be huge? Oh, my God. Of course it's going to be huge. Okay. I already know it's going to be, because there's certain people, right, that if I, like, see a song posted by somebody immediately, and there's a select few people that, I, like, that I've known over the years, like whether they're record reps or, you know, club owners or stuff like that, that you can usually tell. And this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a smeeze, all and right. it's also a rad song too. Like I'm gonna listen to that jam all day long. Okay, well I'll, I'll download. Thank you for keeping me up to date. Star on Boy. That. Now you can start star telling boy. everybody that you're a motherfucking Star Boy. <laughs> That'll go over well. Yeah, I'm sure that won't get me in Why trouble in some way. It? Walk into Fox later on um, today and be like, "Hey guys, what's up?" Absolutely. I'm a motherfucking Star Boy. <laughs> They'll look at me like I have ten heads. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, Lots to talk about on the podcast coming up. Ladies, I am dying to hear from you on social media after we talk about this, but apparently one-third of women have been asked to do this by their boss. Mm Mm-hmm. And I... I Well, I'm going to write this down. I want to know, have you made me do this, Sarah? (laughs) Actually... I want to know if you feel like you're a victim of this. That's coming up. It's... um, I also want to know for this show if you would get Scrodux. What? Scrotox. That's scrotox? Yes. So, like, what is this? Botox? We inject my... Botox in your scrotum. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want you to keep an open mind. And, in general, I really, really love this article. I put this on the, the uh, show prep yesterday, so I'm hoping you had a chance to read it. But did you read the article about why Generation Y is unhappy? And we're in Generation Y. It's basically, like, people born in the 90s and then to, like, 
early 05. Okay. So the people after Generation what? Well, what, no. So those Generation sorry, X we're millennials, in we're in it? We're in it. We're in it. It's, it's um, hold on. I'll pull up the article and okay, get the well, exact dates of when you're in it. But basically, it includes millennials, which are you and me and most of the people listening to this podcast to some extent. Mm-hmm. But it talks about why we're so unhappy. And it basically comes down to happiness, reality, and expectations. And that essentially, Generation Y, we just don't live in reality. So I want to know. I want to rack this whole thing. And by the way, the... the um, Generation Y was born between the late 1970s and mid-1990s. So, excuse me. It's it's not the 2000s. Okay. Okay. Um, The Generation Y is often referred to as Gen Y protagonists and special yuppies, according to this article, or known as gypsies. Okay, and a gypsy is a unique brand of yuppie, one who thinks they are the main character of a very special story in which they've created in their own mind. Oh, damn. That is me. (laughs) I think it's all of us, I guess. Yeah. Anyhow, this article is super fascinating, and I I want to... I don't understand, Sarah, how often I actually think of myself as an actual gypsy. (laughs) Going out there, doing that game with the three cards and the the ball underneath the card and taking people's money. (laughs) I just... I don't know. The article is really, really fascinating. And I guess... If this is true of us, how do we come back to reality? Which the article does give some tips. I want to see if you agree with it. Here's the thing, though. I want to know. I always am curious about this, and call me ageist. I don't care. But I, I want to know how old this person is before I actually take their advice. Oh, um, great question. Because if they're in their 80s, screw them. Uh, let's see. This article was originally posted on weight, but why? Well, whatever. I'll figure okay. that out we'll, later. We'll but figure I'm just saying, out. that's it's, what it's my issue is. So I know it's written by a guy, so I'll... Uh, I'll find out. Um, a couple of click stories overnight that we want to talk about. I already mentioned it, but um, Burke Ramsey, you know, I'm obsessed. I don't know if anyone else is. Uh, he's now suing CBS over the allegations that, in fact, he did kill his sister. That's what the documentary concluded when it aired on Monday night. Uh, Burke's attorney says they will sue and, again, reminds everybody, according to Burke's lawyer, that the Ramsey family had nothing to do with her death. Uh, more important news out of North Carolina declared a state of emergency in Charlotte last night after pro- Protests over police shooting of a black man erupted in the heart of downtown, leaving one person shot and another critically wounded. The governor there also announced uh, they initiated efforts to deploy the National Guard and state troopers to help stop the violence. So there you go. I'm sure you're well aware of everything that's going on there. Um, as I mentioned, Anthony Weiner sent lewd messages to an underage teen. He's being investigated. It was a 15-year-old girl starting last January. The messages were explicit, and the unidentified girl and her father told uh, several news outlets that the 51-year-old knew she was underage as he encouraged her to indulge in, quote, rape fantasies. Oh, God. At what point <laughs> yeah, At what point I do you think it. Hillary Clinton's people is just going to, like, put him on a boat and send him to Tahiti? <laughs> No, honestly, don't you feel like this? Do you feel like it affects Hillary Clinton's campaign? I think. Okay, I think that the I, I what, as being a conspiracy theorist that I am, you like think Trump's behind it. I was no. I would say that there definitely are people behind it. I think that he probably was being disgusting like this, but I think the reason that you know, I don't know. I just. Uh. I know it's. He's either a pervert or, like, or he's stupid. Regardless, you know. I think it's. I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it now. Again, I can believe it. And the Wiener documentary, like I mentioned, we talked about on this podcast, is so good and sort of predicts the downfall. And at one point, you kind of do have some empathy because you think he's redeeming himself, but 
It goes down. What was that? Oh, that was was that the computer? Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, If you met Mike Tyson. Do you think at this point, or if Mike Tyson spoke at a high school, oh. do you think that people would even remember that he was a boxer? No. Okay. <laughs> Be correct. No. Mike Tyson this week spoke at a high school, and Mike Tyson actually says for the first time he was in shock. Most of the students had no idea that he was ever a career boxer. In fact, the only thing they knew Tyson from was the guy from, quote, Hangover Movies. Uh, okay, yeah, I would say, like, even my age, like, what, I'm 30 right now, mm-hmm. and my only memory of Mike Tyson is that he bit someone's ear off, but I was too young to be watching boxing, you know what I mean? So I didn't know he was a boxer. Oh, it- All I know is that he bit some guy's ear off, uh, and then later on I found out he was a boxer. So, okay, so you're in that gap of people that had no idea. Yeah, but, I mean, if I just went from what I knew him, I didn't go back and do research on him. I would only know him from the hangover and the fact he bit someone's ear off. And I wouldn't know why he bit someone's ear off either. I would just know that he bit someone's ear off. Well, this year, or, sorry, this week he spoke for a 1,000 high school kids. Uh, no one had, many of them had no clue that he was uh, ever a boxer. As I mentioned, he said for the first time he realized the generational gap that's happened. If anything, He's now at that age. That's what he told the, Sports Illustrated. Well, I was saying, if anything, all the students after, you know, they found out he was a boxer, so they had a big sigh of relief. They go, ah, that, ex- that explains why he talks like that. I just think it's funny that some people, I guess, did you just wonder in what context that he was in Hangover? Because a lot of the high school students, had, they just thought he, he was a career actor. He was an actor? <laughs> he was an actor? You guys look at a man like, this is the problem with this generation. Look at this. I'm going to say this about the high schoolers That's right what now. Some students said they thought he was a career actor. The actually. only issue with them is that because they have, the, they have technology right at their fingertips, right, they really never took the time to learn things. You know what I mean? Like... I have to, like, we had to learn so many facts and stupid shit because if you didn't know it in your head, there was no way you had it. Right. You know, you weren't carrying on a notebook with you all the time. But now you have the internet in front of you, and I was like, kids, come on now. Do you really think a man with face tattoos who speaks <laughs> like he's a 12-year-old prepubescent boy and who constantly bobs his head back and forth, do you really think, like, honestly, do you really truly actor think first. that man was an actor his entire life? Like, no. Come on, kids. Well, Be smarter than that. I'm with you. I just think, oh, God, I hate it because it's a sign we're getting older because there are certain people you remember. Like, I mean, I always knew that he was a boxer. Well, I just learned recently that Angela Lansbury did more than Murder, She Wrote in the Teapot in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Really? I had no idea. I literally oh thought she God. just popped up. You didn't out know she was a Broadway star? No, no idea. Same with Betty White. I literally thought it was the Golden Girls, and then she came back 20 years later as, like, hot shit. Oh, my God. No way. I, I don't know. Why would I know, Sarah? It's also TV stuff. Because like. Angela Lansbury is known for her voice and her Broadway stuff. Mame? Oh, my God. Oh, Mame. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't One wait. best shows on Broadway. Did you watch it while sipping your Earl Grey? I love Angela Lansbury. Oh, what a voice. Really? Uh, lastly, for some click stories, and I'm very concerned this is me. I'm also curious what other women listening think. Uh, millennials are now entering menopause. A survey is exposing that many young women are now realizing in their 30s that they're entering menopause. Oh, God. I'm just going to go out and say it, and I know, again, this is unfounded, but I don't care. I think it's hormones in me. Really? <laughs> See, Sarah, this is the problem. You can't just say stuff like this. You just can't say, well, because I think so, it must be. All right, here, what should I say? Uh, look, this is this is probably not true, and again, like conspiracy theory, but, but I'm here's just going to say okay, it's probably chemicals in You want to talk about 50 years ago to now, right? Mm-hmm. First off, they were using just as many chemicals 50 years ago 
in the meat. If anything, they were using more because they had less rules. You know what I mean? Than they do now. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you can't really blame the chemicals because it's actually less than what we used to do. Hormones in meat, maybe, but even then, there was still they were still doing some type of that. Maybe not as much as they are nowadays. Okay. But why aren't you blaming cell phones? Why aren't you blaming Wi-Fi everywhere? I agree. Why aren't you blaming like I'll there's add a that million? To it. Uh, but Sarah, you can't. No, no, no. I'm not telling you to add it to it, Sarah. I'm saying <laughs> that you just can't make these unfounded statements when there's um, hundreds of things that have changed between 50 years ago and now. And for you to like just to say, oh, well, I think it's this one thing that really changed it. All right, here. Let me correct my statement to say this. Uh-huh. I believe that it's a combination of things, right? So you have. More Wi-Fi, you've got cell phones, you've got more uh, radiation coming from various parts and various things that we do. If you're going to the airport a lot, you're going through those um, the scanners, x-rays. the x-rays. It's probably a combination of things. And then the reality is everybody's body makeup reacts differently. And now, of course, the population is what? Double what it was in but the I'm, 60s? But I'm saying you just can't pick up the one thing you don't like. Okay, here, good example. This is, I had a, but col- I just, I I had a friend great. in college, right? That she thought that she was gluten. She's like, I am gluten allergic. I am. Gl- I have to be gluten free because every time I'll go out, I'll have six or seven vodkas. We'll take some shots, and then if I go there and if I have just like you know a piece of chicken, I'm fine, right? Or I have like three pieces of chicken, I'm fine. But then I want yesterday I had this burrito wrap from Seven Eleven. And, like, I think I'm allergic to the gluten. Like, I think it's the gluten. Like, I'm pretty sure it's I am gluten intolerant. And I was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. How are you going to avoid the five or six vodka drinks? How are you going to avoid the shots? How are you going to avoid the fact that you went to eat at 7-Eleven at 3 in the morning and then say, oh, well, I think it's the gluten intolerant? Like, that's just looking for something, you know? Okay. I can understand that. You know? And let's be honest. I don't think we could afford. We could not afford. not Like... Like meat right now, we cannot afford meat as a society as often as we eat it right now. So we I'm have to work to on become our... a vegetarian or a pescatarian. I to... become vegan. I just don't have time. Because vegan's it's... a ton of work. It is a ton of work. It's so much work. It's so much prep work. Oh. Otherwise, I love it. I mean, look, if I had Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen's money and a chef, I'd be a vegan in a heartbeat. Everything that they cook and then put on Instagram looks amazing. But who can afford that? Well, if anything, Sarah, you know, the problem with being a vegan is that you actually have to go pay three times the price for the same vegetable dish just because it says vegan, whatever, than someone else would. I know. Why? Why? But why would I have to pay more than someone else? Because, Sarah, I don't think you realize that all of a sudden you go to a vegan restaurant, you're going to get the same mushrooms and onions, and it's going to charge you $9 there that you could literally add on to your burger at Shake Shack for $3. Uh, okay. They always charge a lot more. Vegan items are very expensive. I know. Very it's expensive. Crazy. Um, well, here, to get back to the story and what they do know, they say that um, this is done by a Wakefield Research Company who says that more women in their 30s are entering premenopausal and having signs of it. At this point, they don't know what specifically is causing millennial women between uh, women that were born after 1982 to become premenopausal, but they say that if you think that you're, you could have symptoms and since symptoms include night sweats, mood swings, hot flashes, and fatigue, and this would be in your 30s when you don't normally have these, you should go in and see your gynecologist or your doctor to find out what's going on. Well, Sarah, do you have it? Well, I would say I have more mood swings. I would say this. I feel like I never had PMS. I don't know if it's PMS or menopause. I'm not sure what's going on, but I never had really bad sort of 
I guess, aggressive anger or PMS until the past couple years. And now the 19th or 20th of every month, honest to God, I feel like I just, I could rage. Okay, here, Sarah. Are you over 35? No. No. Okay. Do you suffer from disruptive hot flashes, intense and sudden waves of heat accompanied by excessive sweating? No, I don't have that. Yes. Okay, Are you experiencing uncharacteristic mood changes, e.g. sadness, irritability? Only like like I said, there's just like two days a month where I'm super emotional yes. and angry and Okay. Ugh, I don't tired. Ask I really don't feel comfortable asking this next question, but what? okay. Do your breasts feel much more sensitive or tender <laughs> yes. than usual? Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Do you suffer from vaginal dryness or oh, why did I ask that? No. <laughs> or painful intercourse? No. Because you don't have it to begin with. <laughs> Has your desire for or enjoyment of sex decreased? No, it's increased. I would say I'm So you're becoming a cougar, if anything. (laughs) Has your complexion gone through noticeable changes? Drier than usual? Acne? (laughs) Unwanted facial hair? No. Yes. It's the usual. Do you feel more tired than usual or have difficulty sleeping? Uh, No difficulty sleeping. No. Okay, no. Have have your periods become irregular, skipped heavier, etc.? No, pretty regular. Okay, and do you have difficulty concentrating or remembering things? No. Yes. <laughs> I think it's like normal. Oh, wow. What Actually, you, you appear to exhibit be- some symptoms of menopause, but it's important to note, however, that many of these symptoms experienced in the premenopausal and menopausal stage can be signs of a more serious problem. What? So you just may be dying, Sarah. Oh, my God. Now I got to go into the gyno. Oh, man. I, do you think I, I... Now I'm really concerned. First of all, now I'm concerned. Oh, my God. You're I not have a kid. going through menopause. And now I'm like, oh, my God. So you're going to freak out now and yeah. start and just pop out a baby? Absolutely. Why else? Does anyone really plan to have a kid? Is anyone really ready to have a child uh, now? Yes, my parents. They were like, all right, we're going to get married. We waited three years. We planned it. Boom. Had it. That was it. Why do you think they only had one? I was a pain in the ass, Sarah. <laughs> Understand thirty six hours of labor with that old doodle woman. <gasps> that was thirty six yeah, hours of labor. Anyway, I'm nervous. Look, if you're a guy now listening to this, I don't know. Should I come in? Are more women in their thirties getting postmenopausal? I'm ready to have a kid. Bring your speculum, or what is it? A specula? <laughs> what is that thing? They. Uh, no, I, it's, I, I keep wanting to say it's a spatula, but it's not a spatula. It's not a spatula, Sarah. I can tell you that much. <laughs> there are your click stories. Well, Sammy looks it up. Uh, we want oh, to re- speculum. I was right. Speculum. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to remind you, tomorrow night, Friday, September 23rd, Arlington, Virginia, is our next live podcast show. Hopefully, you have tickets. Eventbrite.com backslash Hayfresh podcast. I think it's going to be a heck of a show. We're crowning a guy named Scott Parker, who's a very interesting entrepreneur. He's 34 years old. Um, he's a bruh. And he's a part owner of some two two popular bars there in Arlington that have become pretty well known and done very well, Don Tito and A Town. Uh, so we're going to have him as our special guest and crown him the King of Arlington. I noticed that you're wearing your flip flops today. Is that in honor of doing our show yeah. in Arlington tomorrow? Oh, absolutely! You know, I'm making because we're going to make a crown and a scepter. So you know, I've got a scepter that has a funnel at the top. Oh, so you just what? Bought, did you just buy like a plastic baseball bat? No, 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 no. I actually bought like a scepter. I ripped off the top and then I. I glued a funnel on that's all sparkly, oh, of silver cool. sparkles, and then I glued on flip flops to the scepter and also mini red solo cuffs. Oh, nice! Because the bros need those. Yeah, dude, definitely. And then his crown is like a baseball cap in gold. Of course, the most obnoxious thing I could found it says King of Arlington, and then it has like I've, I've glued crown like. Um, 
points, if you will. Oh, nice. Yeah, which you see. Fancy. I know. And then I got him those obnoxious American flag sunglasses with the eyes cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, buy tickets. It's going to be super fun. We're going to bring back our mass debate. We do it at every show. It's very popular. Uh, and then it will be Sammy and me unleashed. Are you Are you looking forward to it? Yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> That's about the reaction to every show. No, I'm fine. I'm actually really excited about it. I think people don't realize that I just, like, I get, like, in the zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right now I'm, like, already starting to get in the zone for tomorrow's show. Oh, God. I need to, too. I need to, like, prep for it. I haven't even thought about it. You know what you got to do next time? What? told you this is a success to every live show. Any live performance, Oh, here Sarah. we go. No. I not, this formula. It's work. Okay, first off, I was taught this formula in middle school, okay? That sounds like who taught you this? That's inappropriate. One of the eighth graders. Okay. But I wasn't like, I was like, well, I don't do the third part yet, but when I get to high school, I'll start doing it. And then I heard about it again in high school from the same kids that are now in, you know, the 10th grade. And, uh, yeah. It, it works like a charm. Before any live performance, before any sort of like public speaking, anytime you have to get in front of a crowd of people, if you're afraid that you're going to be nervous, if you go through these three things beforehand, like the day of, okay, then you are always set. And I usually do it literally like I'll finish just hours before the show will begin. And what are they? Nap, crap, and slap. <laughs> That's what you got to do. I get the nap, I get the crap, and the slap is selfie, selfie, or or hooking. You're up. not supposed to like actually like beat somebody, Sarah. You're supposed to like you know, okay, you know, finish it. Whether you're doing like the sex, whether you're doing, I don't know. You can do whatever you want. That as sort long of as release. That helps. sort of release. It always helps because think about it. that way. You're not too. You're not horny. You're not constipated, and you're not tired. And those are the three things gonna, that are going to affect your performance more than anything. Oh, God. I mean, the craziest part about all of your comments is there's always some legitimacy to them. No, it's legit. I actually do this. Hold on. Stop. You're trying to make me feel bad about this? No, no. I'm not. I just, you you always are trying to get me to do it and then admit it. And I'm like, I'm not going to come in and tell you when I napped, crapped, and slapped. But no, okay, do it for tomorrow's show and all then right. watch how much more. And I'm telling you, like, plan. What time do we have to be there tomorrow? Doors open at 6 and showtime's at 8. So right, I was going to so, get there between 6 and 7. So you're talking about 8 o'clock is when you're trying to prep, yeah. okay? Okay, so you should be taking a nap at let's say two, you know, two, two o'clock. to three. I'm gonna lay down. Okay, I was gonna. Okay, two to three. Then I'll all get right. back up. I gotta get my hair and makeup done. Get you know? up. All right. While you're getting your hair and makeup done, make sure to sit on the loo. Right. <laughs> get the, actually. You know what? Hold on. You should maybe do the nap, slap, then crap because you don't want to be messing up your hair after you just did. You know. Okay. You don't want to be buzzing. Thank you for yeah. all those details. So like, yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, something. Like, I guarantee you, Sarah, get it done. And that way you're set for the rest of the night. All you'll right, see, well, you'll well, feel amazing. It works like a charm. I can't wait to see how the show goes. Um, you had some interesting stories from this week. And by the way, we didn't get to this, but I want to know, what's this about uh, women that work at the White House have like one significant way that they stand out and either get a, is it that they get a raise or that they get? No, it's a tactic used by White House women to get their points across. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I'm so curious about this because, you know, I love on this show, like, I almost want to have, like, a positivity minute. A positive? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, everybody has a Wisdom Wednesday. All right, well, hold on. Let me pull up some, I you know. We need to do that. Because like, I love, I want everybody to live their dreams, their best life. Let me find some music then. We'll get this. Look at You want to do the positivity minute? Here oh, you go. Oh, I love it. Yeah. What is it? Thursday thoughts now trends on Twitter. Every day now. You have Monday motivation, Tuesday transformation, Wisdom Wednesdays. 
thoughts Thursday or something. Okay. Oh, I love this. Oh, okay. Well, today for your Wednesday Wednesday or Taco Tuesday or whatever day you happen to be listening to. Okay. Um, today I'm going to tell you the tactic that the White House women use to not only get their points across, but specifically to men. Okay. All right. So as you guys know, politics, it is very difficult for women, especially even women on the Obama staff, you know, to get their point across. Men kind of ignore them. And they feel that once they even get inside those big meetings, that their voices are still ignored. Okay. So the women at the White House have been using this tactic to make sure that their points always get across. Right? You ready for it? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. What they do is in the room, someone will say something. Right? Okay. So you say something, and that's a great idea. Okay? I think we need a new law. Perfect. Now, me, as another woman, I'd be like, okay, first off, Sarah's idea about us making a new law, I think that's a fantastic idea as well, but I think we should also do this. Okay. And so what they're doing is they're repeating what the other one said and the other woman in the room. So even if they didn't have something, like, per se to add to it, when they asked their opinion, they go, well, I truly, I actually, like, Sarah's idea of doing this, I think, you know, that would be the best thing to do. And reiterating what other women said in the room, in a room full of men. Specifically women. What specifically other women, women okay. right? So if women repeated what the other women said. Oh, I love this. It made a huge difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm in. So reiterate what another female on your team, and is that even if you don't dis- even if you disagree with her? Yeah. No, but not, not saying if you disagree, but I'm saying like, so they started doing it and made a purpose of doing it, right? It was an everyday thing. Okay. Okay. And then, because what they would do is, hold on, as close proximity, blah, 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 I'll okay. Yeah, exactly no what the thing is. Find the line. Okay, so so female staffers adopted a meeting strategy they called amplification. When a woman made a key point, other women would repeat it, giving credit to its author. This forced the men in the room to recognize the contribution and denied them the chance to claim the idea as their own. Oh, I love it! Okay, and so okay. not only did it get their point across, but they say that even after about a year or so of doing it, Obama actually started noticing and then even then, that's when all of a sudden you saw an influx in more female staffers, more female everything with his campaign because he realized oh my God, that they awesome. were actually working together to do this point. So, boom, your inspirational Sunday afternoon, if you happen to be listening that day. <laughs> that is a great tip. Yes, yeah, so you should always repeat. Oh, my God. Mindfulness with Sarah and Sammy. I love that. <laughs> That could be the intro, actually. That's, That's perfect. That's the intro? I love that. Um, well, while we're talking about women, I want to know if this has ever happened to you. I find this fascinating. But a third of women in 2016 say they've been told by their boss, and a boss either being female or male, to dress up. Oh, my. Yes. A third of workers have said that their boss has asked them at some point to change their appearance because it would, quote, be better for business. This is a new survey that was out. They also went on to say whether it was a hairstyle, makeup choice that they should make differently, wear heels, shorter skirts. These were all some of the things. Nearly one in ten were told makeup was a big thing by their boss and that they should look prettier. Isn't that amazing? Um, yeah. You and tell I me do this, that to you all the time. You tell me all the time. Wait, so what do they say? Can I call the Cochran firm then and like, get some legal action on this? Um, they don't say. I guess that's a great question. Um, they also go on to say about 54% of men said they never received comments about their appearance. And only 3% were told to dress more smartly by more senior colleagues. You tell me all the time. like, And I don't understand because what is wrong with me coming in with flip-flops, some jeggings, a blue tank top that says pop pills, not pizza, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the back. 
Okay, oh what is wrong with that? Pippin ain't easy. What? I'm not wearing that one today. Today it says pop pizza, not pills. The, okay, here's my thing. First of all, this is why I say it, and maybe this is not a good reason. Um, and I'm trying to think of, do you, do you remember any examples? Did anyone ever tell me to dress differently? Uh, yeah. Who? Nobody. I don't know. I was just assuming I know. I'm did. trying to think of other workplaces where was I told to... No, I don't think anyone ever cared how you dressed. I have not been told. I was trying to think of any I'm TV also, jobs I've had that they've told. They haven't. No, but I've always I've always hired a stylist because I I have had people like viewers say, "Oh my God, you're wearing too much pattern." So I have no idea what to wear. I love fashion, but I have no clue. So I just hire a closet shopper to come over and put outfits together. Oh, I can tell because the days that you don't have your stylist pick out your clothes, <laughs> you look like you're straight out of an old Eddie Bauer catalog. <laughs> um, excuse me, it's LL Bean. Oh, sorry. I'm no. from Maine, and I'm a. No, like, <laughs> what? you can't say that, Sarah. What? It's just what? like, this, you can't say that word. Why? I'm going to have to go back and, you can't. You just can't. That's offensive. It is? Yes, Sarah. It's a, it's a derogatory term towards people from Hispanic areas. Oh, my God. Don't even tell me this. No, it is. How did you not know? Oh, my God. People are going to get so mad over this. Hashtag Sarah so white. No! Sarah, Sarah Google it right Come now. On. You cannot say that. Just because you like L.L. Bean doesn't mean you're... But that's what people will say. Yeah, racists in Maine, oh Sarah. Oh, my God. This is so Racists in Maine say that. Oh, my God. Did you... I have to go search through I'm the show done. and find out. I'm when you... done. All right. I had no idea. You okay. had no idea. This is almost as bad as the time you kept on calling me Sambo. This is terrible. I apologize. I had no idea. I, you know what? I'm sorry. Okay, These are on. just sayings. How have you? No, but hold on, Sarah. I'm going to tell you this. There is no way in 34 <laughs> years you have never heard anyone use a derogatory term. That no, word. I've heard Never. other ones about No, yes. that one's one of the most popular ones, Sarah. It is easily the most popular one. Okay, look, I was saying I, I'm an LL Bean fan. I'm an LL Beans fan. You, you support Eddie Bowers, which you should be saying right now, because clearly LL Beans never going to get you for an endorsement. <laughs> this is so After worst. that one, I'm so. Sorry. I can see you right I now. Can't. Hi, I'm Sarah Frazier from LL Bean, and I'm up. <laughs> I have no idea. God, you know, it's so hard to keep up, honest to God. Sarah, keep up the terms of this. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, the only reason, my point was this. I have to I have to hire somebody because you're right. I look like a sack of potatoes if I, I'm not wearing something that someone picked out for me. Why I say it to you is, the, is sometimes we've gone to very professional meetings and you will roll in in a tank top. <laughs> Just like, um, yeah. I get it. Like, I love you for you. I think your personality is amazing. But I think sometimes not everybody agrees with that. No, but hold on. If they can't hang, they can't hang, Sarah. I agree. And that's what I do. You I know, agree. I show up and... Hey, look, I think that, look, we've been there, done that, where we've been where people have tried to mold us into something else. So you can't, you have to be you. They're going to get what they're going to get when they put you on TV. It's fine. Um, but I think, too, you're really, you're really good looking when you manicure a lot. And that's all I'll say. Really? It's fine. Okay, so you're going to try to call me ugly? No. No. Are you kidding? Don't you think I look better with makeup all the time? I'm transformed, by the way. Transform? I don't know. I look, like, really tired when I don't have makeup on. And then when I have makeup on and false lashes, I look like a different person. But I feel like I don't even see you without makeup ever. Without makeup? I'm, wearing, yeah. I'm not wearing any makeup today. Oh, see, oh, I had see no idea. Fooled. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm, I have I no idea. I also don't pay attention that much to, like, people's faces. 
There's a prime example. Oh, my God. I can't go on. So. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, look, this is the other thing I want to give you for a makeover is I want to give you Scrotox. Oh, God. Okay. Can you imagine if we injected your sack How? with Botox to smooth out the wrinkles and make it look larger? But mine's already really tight. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, it's, like a ch- it's like a child. Okay, good for you. You know, it really hasn't. Like, I really haven't had too much trauma in my life. There really isn't that much for it to hold on to, so it really hasn't started sagging that much yet. And they're not you know? shrinking. Because this will puff oh, no. them up. I think they're shrinking is what I'm trying to oh, say. Oh, like, you do. Like, I mean, they're just like, you know, they're just nice in there. They super sweaty? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I'm starting to get, like, the, the chafing between my balls and my thighs. Well, it'll cost you $3,500 for $3, a, series, $3, a series of injections, yeah. More men are wanting this. Uh, as they get older, more men are getting all kinds of plastic surgery procedures. And currently in clinics in the U.S. and the U.K., now they're asking more and more for Scrotox. So if your boyfriend came to you and was like, hey, babe. So I think I'm going to go get some Scrotox done. Would you really be cool with that? I feel like that would be a deal breaker for so many women out there. Um, would it not be? Like, how would, like, I just feel like it would be such a deal breaker. It's one thing to go get, you know, Botox or to do something else. Like, I get a cosmetic procedure. But to be so vain that you need to make your, your ball <laughs> sack look amazing. For gay men or for gender fluid men? Maybe it's important for them to have very, you know, Firm looking large. Firm looking large. Like what? How is that any different? Like, the, well, if, if you you're a, a gay your man or you're a woman, you're still into penises. You're still into balls. So why are, are you into that, Sarah? Are you well, into a nice, tight, rounded sack like that? The, like I said, you know the guy that I dated that was a former trainer who was obviously using steroids yeah, and they shrunk really to small. grapes. Yeah. yeah, and that was kind of weird. So like with that, I'd say, hey, you know, if you want to pump them up. It might. Uh, it might help. <laughs> You're already shooting yourself in the ass. Why don't you just flip it around and shoot yourself in the sack too? Yeah. Um. Okay. That would be the only one, and I feel like more and more people, at least friends that I have, or, or some male friends that I know, gay, straight, and in between, you know, they're doing more HGH and stuff because apparently, under like certain circumstances, HGH is safe. But then that shrinks your little sack. You think our buddy Paul Warren would get scrotox? I could yes. see. Yeah. Oh, one thousand percent. You think so? I could see him getting scrotox. Me too. We should actually pitch it to him and be like, hey, man, look, you should reach out to these guys, see if you can get an endorsement. Like, you're always looking for new products. <laughs> he always wants a new project. Yeah. So then, so he's got his own song. Then he's got the food thing. Now he he's got a have juice company. He's got a modeling agency. <laughs> um, I believe he's also a, a CEO, stars. a TV star. He's a news reporter. And then yes. now, yes. the official face of scrotox. I'll send it to him. Yeah. That's a great person to endorse this. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Hey, so what did you think of this article about Generation Y, or known as gypsies, being basically um, unhappy? Are you unhappy? Um, I don't think I'm unhappy. I think I'm just dealing with, like, I think you just deal with life shit, which is normal. Life is a struggle. Like, life is a, but I think it's a roller. You know, it's up and downs, up and downs. It is up and down. It's about the balance in between, you know? Yeah, and just enjoying it and knowing that even though it gets low, it'll get high again. I think. Well, even though it gets low, I know I'll get high again. So. <laughs> not. so this article is so interesting. It says that gypsies, which are Generation Y, which are us, um, happiness, reality, expectations have now created this ongoing unhappy 
sort of generation of people that are in their 30s especially and now realizing that perhaps their mega dreams are not going to come true. Um, many of their parents encouraged them that they could be anything, which to some extent is true. But then once you get out in the real world, you realize how much work it is and sacrifice to actually be anything. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I will say that. They also say that for us, we're sort of screwed in happiness because like in previous generations. So if you grew up in the depression, right, and you had mm-hmm. nothing and you didn't know when you were going to eat. And then you lived to the late 40s after World War II, 50s, 60s, when things got good again, you were extremely satisfied that you just owned a home and that you could feed your family and buy a car. Oh. Like those things became incredibly satisfying. But most of us grew up with a house, a car, and our parents were probably middle income. So mm-hmm. you could afford things so now our expectations to be extremely happy are we already grew up with all the basics and then some so now we want extreme but those are really hard to achieve so then when we don't achieve them it's like oh my life sucks because look i've got a house and a couple cars well that makes sense though that does make sense but i mean i think it also has to do with like i mean something to do that i've noticed is i had a lot of friends whose parents like had to work for their parents their entire like like I always had to work at my dad's store after school and help out with this and work 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 and I worked through college and I worked this and then because they had to work so much their kids they're like I don't want you to have to work as much as I did I had to work in high school I had to work in college right I just want you to enjoy it to have it and to do that and I think that sometimes because they don't have those random you know you have to sit there and mop your parents, you know, floor of their business. Or you have to go wash dishes at a shitty truck stop diner at least once in your life and just see, like, just to work, you know, for minimum wage, just to work, work, to your fingers to the bones. Like, you have to do that at some point in your life. But most of us don't. But most people don't even ever do it. That's why I think you also have a lot of people who, like, you know, I was... I can always tell someone who's going to be a shitty tipper at a restaurant, right? Really? Because How? They're, because they're going to come in. You can tell that they're going to have their. They look like they've always been given everything, and they've never had to ever work for anything. Like, okay. Even though I never had to, let's say, I never had to per se work because they needed it. My parents always forced me to work because a I got in a lot of trouble, but b because they wanted to like make me work. You know, they wanted to instill the idea of hey, dude, just so you know. We had to work our asses off to get this. We had to come to this country. We had to go to school. We had to find jobs. My dad always tells me about how he used to deliver pizzas for Domino's. Like, you know, like, he's like, you have to do stuff like this. Okay. You know, I don't you want you to ever have to do it. So I'm going to try to take care of everything. But, you know, they always, they would always make me work, though, because they realized that was probably the bad thing, the, the bad precedent to set when they saw my friend's parents. Or my, my parents' friends. I think it's super interesting. They also say this, and I, I'm curious to see what you think, and mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll tell you my opinion on this article. But um, with the gypsies and the Generation Y, a lot of them go, okay, I, I think I'll set out to be, let's say, a politician, for example. But then with Generation Y, instead of picking a path and realizing you can help people that way, Generation Yers just second-guess them, guess themselves all the time and then constantly ask themselves, is this my truest calling? Is this really what my heart wants? Uh, yeah, but that's a good thing, though. Do you think because it's a good we're thing? not miserable? Well, they say I the think- catch the catchphrase "follow your passion" has only come out in the past twenty years. That's according to this article, and they say that while some of that is true, it ends up actually creating a lot of chaos for a lot of Generation Yers because they never feel like or Generation Y. Uh, people, because they never feel like they're fulfilling a career because it's constantly, well, is this my real passion? But yeah, but I have friends who sit there and I mean, they do the same thing, you know, but I think it's one thing 
to realize that, like, you know, let's say you're an engineer and you're not into being an engineer anymore, and so you want to become a chef, mm-hmm. to actually go and put forth the effort to go get the education, to get the work done, to do it is one thing. But I think you have a lot of people that say, well, I want to become a model. Okay. You know, and all they do, they're not going to auditions. They're not, you know, paying. Pounding the mounting. pavement. They're not, they're not, you know, yeah, they're not yeah, pounding yeah. the pavement. They're just posting pictures on Instagram, and then they're going to call themselves a model. You know, or people that say, well, I'm a chef and I want to do this. and I want to have my own cooking show. And I was like, well, what restaurants have you worked at? Oh, I don't work in restaurants. I just cook at home for my friends. Do and you- it's like, well, you know, you're missing a you're missing a very, you know, valuable aspect of the notion of presentation, the notion of, you know. I think this article is really great because it nails a lot of things that I've gone through on the top of its head. I mean, for me, I always knew I wanted to do this show that was, like, entertaining and inspiring. But Mm -hmm. I feel like for years I've been spinning my wheels doing, like, eight different things instead of focusing on one. Because it's like, well, is this my passion? Is this my calling? But it's like, yeah, you can do everything you want through the entertainment field or through the medium of broadcasting. And all those other things of helping other people or helping women can happen. But I think it, it you have to keep working at being very specific about what the passion and is. Also, don't you feel like we're probably the worst people to be talking about this subject? Why? Because here's the thing. When I look at it, like, not everyone, and I, like, and I say this all the time, if I didn't do this, I would be working for my dad at his store. I'd be literally opening up a convenience store, selling beef jerky and lottery tickets, you know, and I'd be at the bar. Helping them out, you know, serving drinks to old retired people in Florida, right? Like, that's what my life would be, you know? And I think I would be happy with that. Really? Like, I would actually be happy with that. Like, I could do that, and I think I could live, and I'd be happy with that. But Can as you of just now, call we in have and do a very, but we have a very remarkable life. You know what I mean? Be able to sit there and talk for a living. We've been able to sit here and talk for almost 10 years and get paid for it. Yeah. On and off. You know what I mean? We've gotten fired a few times along the way. <laughs> but on and off. You know, and, like, that's pretty remarkable. And so I feel like a lot of times when I'm like, yeah, you know, we just got to hit the pavement. There's people that I know that have been hitting the pavement for years trying to get into radio or trying to, you know, do something like oh, this. Oh, I, I agree. And it's, it's tough, tough, man. And it's, it's really tough. tough. And I think that's also part of the issue is that there needs to come a point when you need to realize that not everybody can be Oprah. Not everyone can be Howard Stern, right? Right. But what they don't realize is there's thousands of people, you know— alongside them that are doing something to help in the same medium that are doing that they're just not the face you know well i think no i agree with you you can always find a way in you know what i mean so i think a lot of people are like well i just want to be a i just want to be a singer well guess what you could do artist promotion you could do a and r you could work at a music shop you could teach music there's a million different ways that you could inspire people with music that don't involve you being lady gaga well, and I don't know about you, but I do reflect upon our interns that we've had over the years. And there, I can count on one hand how many truly wanted uh, a career in broadcasting. A lot said that they did, but then they didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could easily determine the intern that really wanted it and then the intern that kind of wanted it. Oh, no, I know those interns. There's also the interns that, like, they use it to get jobs now because you can tell when you go to their Facebook and it still has, like, past intern at and I was like yo you interned for us like eight years ago <laughs> you've had three different jobs since then and you're not posting those jobs on here why are you posting that you're an intern for us like I think I'll just 
say this before the article gives three things to help you if you're if you're in this. I I think Sammy has some good points. I mean, we've been very fortunate. We have worked really hard. Um, and it is my passion, and I know it's yours too. I mean, you're great at it. But I think too, there's something to be said. Once I started to become satisfied with what I already had, it's a crazy oxymoron thing where like you actually begin to get more. But you have to, and, and I equate it to kind of like dieting. When I finally gave up dieting and just accepted who I was, mm-hmm. then I actually lost weight. And the craziest part is if you can go, all right, if we make a living from this podcast and we have a local TV show and that's it, we've made it. Like, that's great. And it's funny, like, if you can truly be satisfied with that, not giving up goals, mm-hmm. But it's interesting how that then creates something bigger. Because if you're never satisfied with what you have, you can't... I don't think you can ever really grasp and live in the moment to actually appreciate and then get something else. So that's that's what I'll say about it. Well, damn, girl, you should have told me you were going to say that. I would have gotten your music back up again. <gasps> oh. Uh, well, here, there's three things you can do, by the way, for Generation Wires. They say... This is according to the article. So according take it to the article. For what it's worth. Stay wildly ambitious. Ambitious. The current world is bubbling with opportunity for an ambitious person to find, flourish, and fulfill success. The specific direction may be unclear, but it will work itself out. Just dive in somewhere. Dive in. Dive in. Stop thinking that you're special. The fact is, right now, you're not special. You're another completely inexperienced young person who doesn't have all that much to offer yet. Nothing to offer, you loser. (laughs) You can become special by working really hard for a long time. And lastly, ignore everyone else. I love this one. Other people's grass seemingly looks greener, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Everyone's weed smokes the same, y'all. In today's image-crafting world, other people's grass looks like a glorious meadow. The truth is that everyone else is just indecisive, self-doubting, and frustrated as you are. Even the people that look like they have a giant meadow. Uh, you'll never have any reason to envy these person, these people... Once you truly get to know who they are, I love that. Fuck that. That's so great because social media makes you envy everybody, and you're like, why? Really? Do you envy people on social media? Sometimes. You got to follow more people from your hometown, then. (laughs) That's all I'm saying for you. Do you envy people on social media? Then you got to follow more people from your hometown. You know what? Actually, I'll do that today. I'll like a lot of people from Wisconsin, Maine. It works like a fucking (laughs) charm, I tell you what. Look, we'll see you tomorrow night live at Clarendon Ballroom. Be sure to follow us on social media at HeyFrage, at the Sammy S-A-M-Y-K. We love you. Oh, my God. Please don't. I'm so sorry about that word. I did not. I Please don't. Oh, I forgot. I have to edit that out. Stop reporting it. Should I edit it out? I don't know. What do we do? Bye. Well, you can suck up.